That's in the air. This could be out. Diamond's underneath it. Will he catch it? He's got good hands. He's got him. Yes, he has. Diamond's got him in the deep. Having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Hello and welcome to Couch Talk. The guest today is former India cricketer Ajit Agarkar. Ajit talks about his career, the expectations on him to be the next Kapil Dev, the Adelaide Test of 2003, his controversial withdrawal from Mumbai's Ranji team in 2011, amongst other things. Welcome to the show, Ajit. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, my pleasure and uh, advance uh, birthday wishes. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> First of all, you didn't have the prototypical body body type to be a fast bowler and yet you were one so where did the pace come from uh, well as you said you know I, i didn't have a body uh, built for a fast bowler so i had to work really hard yeah, when i was off the field with my fitness and uh, the speed generally i mean came from my fast time action yeah. that's where i generated the speed but it was also a combination of uh, all the fitness work that i did off the field because i had i mean i had to push myself that much extra to be uh, able to last uh, bowling uh, the way i did it took a lot out of my body anyways you were actually a batsman growing up and you were actually an accidental bowler correct yeah sort of i mean i always loved bowling but i never bowled with any sort of pace when i was growing up i swung the ball but uh, i think just getting older and suddenly realize i could bowl some bumpers yeah so once you know you can bowl some bouncers it's always exciting and that's then then it just uh, it just happened like you said accidentally but a good accident to happen yeah. um i kind of uh, remember listening to an interview of yours uh, from many years ago about uh, how uh, one of your opening bowlers wasn't there for the club and so you had to bowl and there was another match you bowled against uh, sachin tendulkar and he told you to stick with bowling and stuff like that so uh, was that the origins of ajit agarkar uh, the uh, bowler actually was sachin me and sachin were playing for the same team uh, cci uh, playing in a kanga league game actually i, I think he had uh, he had uh, had a bit of a break uh, there was no cricket for india at that point and maybe there was a series approaching and that's when he had come to play that game and uh, so we bowl so he said uh, i think i know you bat more than you bowl but i think you should start focusing on bowling uh, a bit more as well hmm. and uh, obviously i had a word with the captain then because then i never really got bowling with the new ball or you know that much bowling i was always like a third or fourth seamer so after that i think the captain started giving me bowling more <laughs> and uh, worked out well yeah it uh, started Picked up a few wickets uh, early in that season and got to. I mean, I made my debut for Mumbai next season. I saw this one interview of yours with uh, Karan Thapar. I think this was in 2000, about 13 years oh. ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you said in that interview that you know you were a confidence bowler. What gave you the confidence to do well? And on the other hand, what were the things that eroded your confidence as a bowler? Actually, a difficult question to answer is just the feeling when I bowl. I mean, I have not had any formal sort of training where bowling is concerned. You know, I've just, mm. I've just I've just learned bowling more than anything else. I mean, okay, you you get advice from various players or various coaches as you go along, but I've never had a bowling coach as such. My coach, Samaka Nasikar, was always uh, you know obviously. I mean, I was growing up as a batsman, so he, yeah, he 
taught me batting uh, and never really bowling. So uh, I think that's probably where the confidence came from. That I knew I, I was pretty sure what with what I could do with my bowling. Mm-hmm. Wasn't too complicated. Uh, I mean, luckily I had I had a bit of speed. Uh, I had an outswinger. Uh, so no, no, it's just a feeling. Here. I mean, I was always uh, happier with the ball in my hand. <laughs> difficult to explain but yeah i mean i of course you go through patches where uh, where uh, you know you are having a tough time and it's not coming out right but uh, you know because as i said you know i wasn't too cluttered with my bowling because i had not learned million different things growing up you know i learned whatever i learned through sheer bowling uh, so in that sense it helped knowing my game uh, very well there is a question from a listener kartike date and this is about knowing your game yeah. you know uh, could you tell when you were in complete control of what you were doing when what the ball was doing from your hand and where it was landing and all that when you were attacking and trying to take wickets and did you know when yeah. things were not in your control could you tell that difference when it was happening oh always i mean sometimes when you bowl the first two or three balls you know yeah that uh, you know it's coming out right it might might not end up in wickets on the day mm-hmm. but uh, there are so many occasions when you know you bowl well it, it you know and and there are other occasions when you're bowling poorly and you still end up getting wickets and at the end of the day uh, get a few claps here but it, i mean once generally i mean you ask most bowlers it's not that you can't improve during a game mm-hmm. of course i mean that if you're not bowling well you've got to get that right as soon as you can and that's the difficult part because sometimes you know everything's not working as it should and not just bowling i think any part of the game as the case with everyone so you you've got to sort that out in the middle and that is the toughest part because you're bowling to some of the top batsmen in the world correct uh, who, who are you know unrelenting basically so you don't you've got to think on your feet a little bit and really you know one day game especially you got 10 overs at least test matches you have a little bit more time to get back your rhythm in one day cricket there's a uh, is hardly any time so yeah but you know when you bowl the first two or three balls uh, generally you know what it feels like here. and uh, then you sort of over the years you try and follow the kind of routine that on that particular day that you followed and uh, it generally works here. generally you, everybody has a stock delivery um, you know in your case outswinger mm. or something like that where you, whether you had any benchmarks to know that you know things are happening today for you or not happening and maybe you have yeah. to make adjustments like Did you have things like that? Yeah, as you said, you know, outswing, outswing. Uh, that was my stock ball. Uh, I had a natural outswing, so I knew when the first few balls swung that uh, you know it, I was in good shape on the day. I mean, as I said before, you know, it might things might go for you, might not go for you. But as as a bowler, I knew that I was I was bowling well on that particular day. Hmm. And yeah, outswing. As you said, you know, stock for me the outswing if it started going early on. Uh, I was very happy yeah, because it. I mean, it was an inswinger to the left-hander, which I always liked bowling. Yeah. Because uh, if if I got it right, I knew I had a chance early on with most uh, left-hand batsmen. Uh, and even for a right-hander, you know, I mean, with the new ball, at least you have slips in place, even if it's a one day. And uh, if you get the outswinger right, uh, you are you are always a chance with the new one. You you think in modern day cricket, very difficult to stop the runs. on a daily basis yeah so you've got to be attacking and trying to get wickets mm. uh, talking of confidence and stuff you know the lot of listeners had sent in this question that uh, infamous series of uh, ducks 
you know, did that affect uh, your other aspect of cricket, that is your bowling? Did that uh, affect your bowling confidence at all? No, actually not at all. I think that's the best I've bowled in my life in in that series. Uh, I mean, I I've been trying to get some videos of that uh, that series from my bowling mm-hmm. uh, because I think I picked up what eleven f- wickets in the first two tests or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't get a wicket in the third test. But um, no, I I think that's the best I've bowled uh, in my career uh, okay. in that series. So unfortunately, everything got to. Uh, overshadowed by my batting which, which was <laughs> I wasn't supposed to go and get runs there I was supposed to go and get wickets so I think my bowling went pretty well I I mean as far as I remember I mean that's, that's the best I've bowled I think mean, I bowled I bowled uh, at a decent pace and I swung the ball and I was one of the series I uh, it sort of stuck in my head in terms of test cricket because it was tough I mean that was that was probably the best team that I have played against in my career I mean they dominated the game for what 10 12 14 years that Correct. that australian team so uh, so to do well against them uh, was always uh, satisfactory hmm. you burst on to international scene you know getting 50 odi wickets in 20 games and you broke uh, dennis lilly's record and you played a couple of blistering innings as well at that time and the prevalent talk was that uh, you were the next couple there how did you view that assessment of you back then and uh, has your perspective changed or has it been different looking back at it from now uh no i didn't i mean i didn't come and say that i, I was the next captain there so <laughs> it was a bit unfair to actually blame me for not then no, 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 i'm not saying well. you said it i mean there's there's no, huh i'm not saying that you said Sorry? it but uh, the expectations no, no, no. yeah so it was no what i'm trying to say is then it was a bit harsh to blame me for not getting run so <laughs> you know okay i mean i had i had ability ability with the bat but uh, you know my priority always was bowling it was i mean no one was going to pick me on my batting alone in the indian team mm-hmm. so i had to focus all my energies uh, on bowling well that was always the priority and when you when you are a bowler in india you ask any fast bowler it's it's hard work Mm-hmm. it takes a lot out of you so not always easy to focus on both and i mean you're talking about kapil dev is once in a generation player i mean <laughs> to compare anyone uh with him is actually a bit foolish to be honest i mean everyone wants another kapil dev but it's not going to happen so <laughs> it it decided to say that i could have done a bit more with the bat there's no doubt about it mm-hmm. but on the flip side the bowling took so much out of me that uh, it wasn't always easy to put the same sort of energy into batting hmm. uh, but uh, when at that time you know we, you were just a couple of years into your or actually first season of international cricket so was there this imaginary pressure on you to suddenly match up to these expectations no not at all i mean i was very clear that i had to bowl well in each game okay. you know i mean batting uh, yeah as i said you know i always contributions down the order but i never batted higher than 8 or 9 for india mm-hmm. so you know maybe a couple okay, of times sure. here or there but uh, yeah but nothing uh, i wasn't picked as a batter you know i was always picked as a bowl, bowler who could bat a bit so no there was no i mean i was pretty clear in my head that i my first job is to bowl well and whatever runs i can contribute with the bat are always a bonus for the team but uh, no my in my head my priorities are pretty clear i mean sometimes yeah i got I'm fairly blamed for not getting runs, but uh, uh, it wasn't due to lack of trying. Okay. But as I said before, no one was going to pick me on the batting. If I didn't bowl well, I was always out of the team. So 
to blame me for not uh, getting enough runs was also unfair. Yeah, I, I would I would have expected a bit more out of batting wise, but. Okay. Bowling always came first. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, when Irfan Pathan, uh, he came onto the scene, you know, he was tagged as the next mm-hmm. couple there, and we've seen where that has ended. How much of a burden is that? I mean, India is always looking for that seam bowling all-rounder. Um, how much of a burden yeah. is that on any up-and-coming seam bowler with any ability with a bat? It's just the way you look at it individually, I think. I mean, I, I can't answer for Irfan. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe couple there did it over... A long period of time. I mean, 400 plus test wickets, 5,000 test runs. That that is a phenomenal achievement for an Indian fast bowler. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, to even actually start comparing anyone with Kapil Dev just because of a few good knocks or few good spells, uh, it's been unfair on the guy. Okay. I mean, I mean history. You produce one Kapil Dev. Mm. So it just goes to show what a rare occurrence that is. <laughs> so no, not like I mean, it 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 just depends on how. Individual takes it all. At least in my case, I was pretty clear that I had to bowl well first. You know, mm. I was uh, any pressure in my head that oh, you know, I have to match to his batting ability as well. That was never the question. I mean, if I can, if I'd done any little, uh, well, not even half of what couple days done with the ball, but uh, you know, it's been it's been silly. If people that uh, every time someone comes gets a few runs and bowls uh, to spell to call, uh, oh, we could be next up to them. I mean, everyone wants one, but it's not that easy to get one. <laughs> there is a question from listener Balaji, and uh, this is which accomplishment made you feel more proud, the Adelaide Sixfer or uh, the 100 at Lords? Oh, no brainer, Adelaide. I think I've, I was on that 99 2000 tour, and we didn't, uh, you know, as a team. We didn't even stand a chance against that uh, Australian team. So to go back in another series and to actually win a test match. And, you know, obviously when you contribute, it makes you that much more happy. But a win, there's no doubt about it. I mean, every time you win, those are the things that you uh, remember more. I mean, okay, if you've done well in a losing call, uh, you know, those are the things. It doesn't matter. It's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And... You know, especially for some of us, I think four or five of us who were on that 99-2000 trip, Correct. someone like a Sachin or a Rahul or uh, Saurav and Anil Lakshman, we knew how hard a trip uh, the previous one was to, to actually to go back. And it was Steve was, uh, you know, Seven Series yeah. as well, who's, who's been one of my heroes. Yeah. So uh, to actually create an upset there was a fun thing to do. But you know, look, they were the best team at that point so to go to Australia and beat them, uh, there's no doubt, doubt about it. Uh, you know, it doesn't rank anywhere too. Uh, fantastic. Um, you know, I want to talk a bit more about that Adelaide test. It is, of course, undeniably one of the high points in India's test history. So, you know, you guys draw the test at Brisbane, go to Adelaide, and Ricky Ponting comes and scores this mind-boggling double hundred, and then Australia pile on the score yeah. on the opening day. So, what was the uh, thinking within the team at the close of play on day one when Australia were like 400 for five? Oh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> when you concede 400 runs, the test, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. So, what can you say? Yeah, the guy was in unbelievable form, Ricky Ponte. I mean, one of the greats to have played the game. I mean, he was in super form in that series anyway. So, uh, no, I mean, we tried. It was a flat wicket. I mean, to lose the toss uh, in Adelaide is always hard. Hmm. Uh, the first couple of days, three days are uh, really good to bat on. And especially that wicket uh, towards the fourth or the fifth day also didn't crumble as much as Adelaide normally does. So hmm. in that sense, we were lucky that we were chasing a score 
on the last day and the wicket had not gone completely uh, and it was difficult to bat so hmm. no, you know 405 uh, we we were always in trouble yeah but next day i think what 550 they got yeah. nil got got a five for yeah. the next day so we kind of limited the damage yeah, because gilly was still batting at the end of the first day correct and he could have just uh, get very easily score 650 and then i don't think putaka we could have won the game i mean 550 was hard enough <laughs> and then rahul dravid plays innings of a lifetime uh, drags india back into the game along with vvs yeah what was uh, what was the captain saying captain ganguly saying as you guys stepped onto the field with you know 30 20 30 runs behind uh what was the talk that uh, he gave you guys uh, before he started bowling in the second innings not not a lot because i don't i mean at that point it didn't look like uh, there was a lot of time left in the game hmm. uh because i think we came in to bowl just before lunch and, uh, for dan and rahul and lakshman uh, basically got us back in the game otherwise you know in 550 in australia generally the australian teams put enough pressure on the opposition and you know that's that's generally a winning score in australia so so to get us that close was a phenomenal effort i mean and we were we were struggling at the start we were a few wickets down and to get that partnership uh, i mean they've always liked batting with each other mm-hmm. and no there was not not a lot of talk that we'll try and get some early wickets with the new ball mm-hmm. and see where we are you know because getting so close to the score obviously put at, i don't know whether it would put them under pressure whether the wicket was still good but they i'm sure they must have known they can't lose too many wickets up front mm-hmm. uh because that happened and there was still enough time that we they not uh, had a big lead which was which was always a advantage and then to pick up two wickets before lunch sort of lifted us a little bit and then i think uh, we picked up hayden just after lunch to ashish i think whatever yeah i was sevak to the catch yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, and then you know, always uh, we knew that we had the upper hand. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't run away with the game from there on, you know. So, and then Sachin comes and yeah. gets those two incredible wickets. One was an absolute ripper of a catch by Dravid, and then but still, yeah. you know, Gilly tees off, and then Kumble gets him, and then finally you're brought back into the attack. So now tell me <laughs> what is going on in your mind, you know, with. Uh, So I'm in Cadditch there, and then rest of the tale. What is in your head at this time? Oh, not really. I mean, the ball was old by then. I mean, that Sachin's two wickets were the turning point of the game. Mm-hmm. I think, and especially the Rahul's catch because Dane uh, Martin and War, I think, were were batting well at that time. Correct. A bit of a partnership, and you know, I mean, it, it was still a good wicket. So I came into bowl. There was a little bit of uh, reverse wind happening, but not not a lot. I mean, I. I I thought I'll bowl a little bit conservatively, and then Gilly got out to Anil mm-hmm. because Gilly was, as you said, you know, teeing off, and uh, we could have scored a hundred within no time. So I, I just decided to bowl a bit steady to him more than trying to get him out at that point because the way he bats, uh, he's always going to come after you. So to maybe stop the flow of runs at that point, and then once he was out, I think uh, yeah, Katich. uh hooked me and yeah. uh, luckily you know badlet the boundary straight are so long you have to have the fielder in the right place otherwise uh, you know could, the ball might not reach the fielder so fortunately ashish was in the right place and uh, from then on just uh, gilis had got a 15 in the first inning yeah and he sort of poked on outside off stump um, and got out so and uh, who was it magil magil yeah. and uh, williams yes yeah, so, brad williams yeah 
So now you have your uh, first fifer, and you have six wickets, and you guys have bowled out Australia for 196, and you are walking off the field. Please tell, uh, describe that feeling that you must be having. Oh, very special, very very special. I mean, uh, you know, as I said, you know, at the point the second inning started, I don't, in not, you always, of course, you hope that things go away, but uh, you don't sort of hope that you'll bowl Australia out in a session and a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, to have a chance with the whole day and a bit, I think we had about seven, seven overs or nine overs that 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 evening, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, so almost 100 so. overs to get 230 odd runs. We knew we had, we had a serious chance of going one up in the series. I mean, we had enough batting error, enough experience in the batting. But at that that point, Viru was, uh, you know, already an established player. Uh, Sachin, uh, Lakshman, uh, Rahul, and Saurav. So we had a, we had a massive ex- experience batting error more than anything else, you know. Uh, which we didn't in the previous tour that we went to Australia. Mm. So no, no, but great feeling to walk on the ground, having actually knowing that now there's a serious chance of uh, winning the Test match in Australia, which was, uh, which you always hope that you do, mm-hmm. but it uh, they're a tough team. Eh? I mean, they're a tough team anywhere, but they're a yeah. tough team most well. So no, and then Viru, I remember uh, Viru clearly wanted to get as many as he could that evening. Yeah. to reduce the pressure the next day and all of us inside were thinking should just take it easy and he wanted to hit boundaries <laughs> so so which which you know with those 30 runs or whatever we got that evening yeah uh, helped so much the next day because uh, you know you're suddenly under 200 to get the next day mm-hmm. and psychologically it was a it was a massive uh, 30 runs that they got that evening and uh, next day morning you know with less than 200 to get all 10 wickets in hand you guys were pretty confident that uh, you know this is Pretty much done deal, even though this was Australia in Australia. Yeah, very confident. I think, uh, except uh, you know, you always know the last day. If it, I mean, we always knew if we had uh, taken the pressure, well, we, the score was very gettable. And mm. I said before, you know, the wicket had not. I mean, generally the Adelaide wicket on the fourth and the fifth day is a lot more up and down. Correct. The, the bounce is a lot more variable. But fortunately, this wicket wasn't too bad. It spun. I think McGill spun the ball a lot. But uh, it wasn't a wicket where uh, you know it was there were too many demons in it, so which which obviously helped. We were in a little bit of trouble, but again uh, the great man uh, Dravid, I mean, played the innings of his life. I think he'll probably classify that 72 not out uh, better than the 200 in the first innings. So it was under immense pressure. I mean, it was so, poetic. Yeah, we, it was poetic that uh, yeah. two big architects of that victory, you and Dravid, were at the crease. When the winning runs were scored, you know you were at the non-strike run when he scored the scores the winning runs, um, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, so what was the uh, celebration on the pitch and off the pitch like? Yeah, obviously very very chuffed. I mean, again, unthinkable that to go off, go 400 runs on the first day and to end up winning the test. You know, and doesn't I don't think it happens that often. So, no. We were obviously super happy. And as I said, you know, especially the guys who had been to Australia on the previous trip mm-hmm. and uh, not even looked like competing for it, winning the test to actually go back and, uh, you know, they were, a, they were a serious team. I mean, you, you can name all 11 guys easily. So <laughs> that's that's how good a team they were. So, uh, no, obviously very happy. Yeah, we celebrated because we had a, we had a few days off after that. Correct. But uh, I think everyone was just uh, super happy. 
to actually get over the line, yeah, which wasn't easy. Pass there as much as it looked easy on paper <laughs> to get those 200 runs. Yeah. But obviously, uh, there was serious pressure. So, uh, you're super excited. I want to talk a little bit about your career after that series. I mean, you played a total of eight tests after that Adelaide test. You played uh, your last test two years from then, like 2006, January in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, what went wrong? You know, can you put a finger on what precipitated that uh, quick fall from Gareth, I suppose? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to ask the captains and the coaches or the selectors. <laughs> because, uh, I, you know, look, I mean, obviously my I should have done a lot better in test than I have in my career. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I would have loved to do a lot better. Uh, but again, you know, I mean, some of the other bowlers... I, I think I got injured after the Australian series. By the end of the one day, I had a stress fracture, mm-hmm. which I was playing through. Uh, then I didn't go to Pakistan for the one days, And then to come back after the injury in test match was always going to be difficult. So I, I think I just played one test after that in that series. Yeah. And then there was a break. So, yeah, look, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. Sometimes the form, fitness. Maybe some other bowlers were doing well at that point. I mean, Zach obviously was... Doing, he's always done well in Test cricket. Uh, Irfan, Irfan had made a you know a huge impression mm-hmm. early on, and he was bowling well. So, a uh, combination of things, but look, it's uh, difficult to put okay. finger on one thing. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, I would have definitely liked to do it, but this is what it is. So, let's move on. It is kind of unfortunate, you know, and it's sad in the sense that you debuted when you were, what, uh, 21. And yeah. your India career, even though you continue to play first class, India career, you yeah. basically played last for India when you were 30. Um, you know, do you believe yeah. that uh, you got, you know, all the cricket out of you for India as much as you could? No, I think at least in one day cricket, I, I, I always hoped I got another opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the Australian series, the next time when they went to Australia, when Anil was captain, I, I was always there and thereabouts to get him picked. And then, uh, you know, because I, my, my record in Australia is pretty good. Yeah, so I, and I was still playing first-class cricket. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was uh, not playing, you know, the first-class cricket. So, uh, yeah, when you say, my record in one-day cricket is pretty good. Yeah, so and you always hope when 29 and 30, that you get another opportunity. You don't think that uh, you will never get an opportunity. I mean, even my last series in England, uh, where I played one-day cricket, I think uh, I went for a few runs, but uh, everyone did. And I, I think I picked a few wickets in that series. So, yeah, sometimes a little bit disappointing not to have the opportunity. But, look, I mean, it's like you told me at the start of my career, I'll about 340 odd international wickets. I would have, I would have given you anything. Yeah. So, oh. so I. You know, I tried my best. I, that's why I sort of pushed myself with first-class cricket. That was one of the things I always wanted to do for Mumbai, try and uh, help some other young guys coming through. Hmm. After that, I was finished playing for India. Yeah. So, just pass on my experience more than anything else. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up winning last year first-class. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to have played a few more. I was very close to 300 wickets in one day. So, it would have been nice to get there, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with 288. I want to ask you about Mumbai. You continued playing Ranji for Mumbai, but then there was a bit of an issue in 2011 when you returned back from Katak, um, and uh, your yeah. reason was that you weren't treated uh, correctly for the service that you had done for Mumbai. 
you know, any change in thoughts about that or how looking back on it, would you have handled it any differently? No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, I came back knowing that that was my, probably my last time that I played for Mumbai. I, did, I didn't think, I mean, I wasn't going to go back and play. I mean, nobody wants to lead the team the way I did. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there were reasons for it. And then, uh, well, we sorted it out after. Because they called me for a chat, which was uh, very nice of them. Because uh, someone who left the team, uh, uh, they were nice enough to me uh, after that. So, But I was, I was, uh, like, I was clear in my head that that was it for me. Where uh, Mumbai cricket was concerned, it wasn't uh, like I had left the team and then I'm going to tell them next year, no, no, now you have to pick me. So that that was never the case. But there were reasons for it, and uh, sometimes you can't discuss all the reasons <laughs> uh, when the podcast is. So, and no, I think I think uh, I don't know whether to say I regret that. I don't regret that. I think I was doing it for the right reasons. Uh, okay. And sometimes you can't discuss all the reasons. So. Uh, but no, I mean, I came back, played the one day at the end of the season, uh, and we reached the final there. So we sorted things out. I think uh, it was always nice to have a chat with them, put my points across. And uh, I didn't have an issue of getting dropped. I, I think people are getting it wrong. I, I, absolutely not. I mean, nobody's uh, bigger than the game. But if you're not going to pick me, uh, I was injured till the earlier part of that season. I played one game yes. against Karnataka, and uh, suddenly I wasn't good enough to be in the Mumbai team. So... So that was a bit disappointing. Uh, but we sorted it out. I spoke to them and uh, as I said, you know, you can't discuss all the reasons. But uh, fortunately, I got another opportunity last year. I mean, uh, I have to thank the association for it because, uh, you know, they would have been completely justified if they didn't want to pick me again. So I got an opportunity to play and we won last year. You walked away, you know, winning the Ranji Trophy as a captain uh, and also with a forfeit. Four for 15, I think, uh, against Saurashtra. Um, so, were you? did you feel vindicated at the end of it all? Look, as I said, you know, we had sorted the problem out uh, <laughs> the previous year itself. Okay. So, it wasn't the case of me trying to come back and show something. I've always enjoyed playing for Mumbai. Okay. So, I mean, I've been very privileged. You just look at our history. And to have played for a team for so long, mm-hmm. uh, I've been, you know, as I said, very honoured. So, I... Those things were sorted the previous season. Uh, I mean, I, as I keep saying, there were reasons for it. It wasn't like uh, because I got dropped, I just left. Okay. <laughs> okay. Last couple of questions. Um, I was interviewing uh, Clayton Marzello of Midday uh, yeah. uh, uh, last yeah. week, and he was saying that uh, there is a shortage of mentors in uh, Mumbai cricket, and he was worried that the up-and-coming players in the club cricket don't get to rub shoulders with the seniors in, you know, that are uh, playing first class and playing for India from uh, Mumbai, etc. Yeah. So they don't understand what it is to play for uh, Mumbai and what it takes to play for Mumbai. So what is your yeah. take on the situation? It's probably true. It's uh, probably true that uh, not a lot of top players from Mumbai get to top. But there's reasons for it. I mean, the seasons become so long now. Mm-hmm. The Ranji season, you're practically playing every three days or four days. Hardly any time to go and play club cricket. So it's very difficult. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, like we've learned, we've played uh, with some international players and we've, we've seen the way they go about the game, and that's where you learn uh, so many things. Yeah, sometimes just being in the dressing room around some of guys who played international cricket. So there's no doubt it'll help. Uh, but how you balance it out is going to be difficult with the amount of cricket that's uh, there throughout the domestic season. I mean, we start October 
and it's finished just before IPL. So there's, there's a lot of cricket. And then to expect players, sometimes when you have a week off or to come and play club cricket is, is a little bit tougher. So while while it is a point, uh, but you know before you played four Ranji games and then it was knockout. Yeah. So at the most, you ended up playing seven games in a season. Now to get to the final is 10 games. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the amount of cricket that's increased. Plus you have the league trophies and there's a trophies and the one days and the T20s. So there's there's hardly any time for all the guys who are playing regularly for the state teams to go and play club cricket, which would help. But uh, unfortunately, that's going to be difficult now. Okay. Finally, now that you're retired from first class as well, what are the plans for your future? Oh, tough one, yeah. Not known anything other than cricket for all these years. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. Still trying to figure. I'll give myself some time. Uh, I just relax a little bit. Uh, more than anything else. Uh, it's nice to wake up in the morning without any aches and pain there. Normally, uh, after bowling 25 hours, you've, you've got enough uh, uh, sore parts in your body that uh, it's nice to wake up without them. Uh, try and spend some time with my family. I've got a young son, so mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, he's quite happy that I'm around at home. So, yeah, that's, that's the plan at the moment. And uh, let's see. If something comes up sooner or later, I'll uh, figure that out. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, Ajit. And it was wonderful talking to you. Pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, wish you the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.